Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 004. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. This week in worship, I got to do something I've wanted to try for a long time. I got to team teach in a sit-down-and-hang-out kind of environment. While our local community is known for having a strong prayer ministry, sometimes prayer brings up questions that make us second-guess how we talk to God. Now, questions are not a bad thing. Until they make us go, I'd love to pray, but... Well, on this episode, my friend Richard and I work together to take back the butts so we can get back to praying with boldness and confidence. Hang out till the end of the episode, and I'll share a story Richard told our community the next week about how God used this very project to offer peace to one of his old friends. Let's jump right in. Have you ever had a desire that you felt like you were all by yourself in seeing it alone to its fulfillment? You were all alone. There was nothing there to help you out. If you've ever been in that boat, you are a part of a unique class of people called humanity. Because everybody is just has often had probably some version of that experience where maybe you're stuck at a crossroads and you don't know which way to go and you feel like you're alone in making that decision. Or you desire something so bad and you have no recourse for how to pull it off or how to get it. Well, often if we are using a person as a sounding board for this kind of thing, they will often say is, is truly good advice. They'll say somewhere in the conversation, well, you should pray about it. And again, that's good advice, but it's often kind of our default or our fallback advice when it comes to Christians trying to help each other out. If you've been on either side of that conversation, sometimes the response can come back, that's great, but we come up with some reason either we can't pray about it or prayer's not going to work or do the trick. Well, today, we're going to take back the butts. We're going to take back all those things, those excuses, and break down those walls that we build up that prevent us from being side by side around the same team with the very God who can fulfill those desires, who can help guide our path, whatever it might be. As we break down those walls, put the butts back in their place, we're going to start being able to get back to the truth. The fact that nothing can prevent us from praying with power. Let's pray together. God, as we explore your word, use it to transform us. Use it to break down those walls between us and you, to tear down those veils for us yet again. Amen. The passage that we're going to launch from today comes from Matthew's Gospel. This is within the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking to the crowd. And he says to them, Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if a child asks for fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there are many passages that I can use to open up a message that deals with this topic of prayer that that I know you guys know so well. And I bring this one up, I use this one not so much to illustrate God as sort of a bending, celestial bending machine, you know, ask and you will get whatever it is that you want. 
you know, knocking and got to open up whatever door you're looking to have opened. But to illustrate a truth that we often will tell our kids that maybe sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our head around. A simple truth about prayer, that prayer is simply talking to God. And it's, it almost seems inconceivable that we can take something as amazing as prayer, as, as mind-blowing as the fact that we can communicate with the creator of the universe, and boil it down to such a childlike definition. Prayer is talking to God. And, we, and as we run into those kinds of situations where, where our, we're trying to wrap our minds around it and, and we come up with these walls, about, well, it, it can't be quite that simple. There's got to be something more to it. We build up these walls and we, and we start asking these questions, which are not a bad thing, but they can get in the way where we're trying to answer these questions, trying to figure out how things work out and not actually getting around to actually praying. So like I said, today we're going to break down some of those walls. We went out to, to the Facebook world and we, I asked people, you know, what is it, if you could ask any question about prayer, what would you ask? What are those, those barriers or those things that you think about that kind of hold you up or handcuff you? from praying. So I'm going to bring Richard up. He's going to help me out with this today. And we're going to ask some of those questions and explore through some of those and see if we can't break down those walls. See if we can't get back to the place where we can pray with power and with confidence. And so, my friend, thank you very much for joining me today. <laughs> I've been looking forward to, to getting to work with you on this one and and we've had a lot of fun yes, we so have. far. Yes, we have. We're just getting started. Yeah, we are. So, what are we starting off with today? Okay. Earlier, like you said, he went on Facebook. Oops, where'd it go? <laughs> he went on Facebook and uh, found um, these questions, and I'm going to ask the questions, and he's going to answer them. He'll help me out a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, the first one is, Tim writes, How do we balance faith with humility and fact? That sometimes God says no. Mm. Well, we often say that God will answer prayer in one of three ways. Yes, no, and not yet. And we don't like that last one. Oh, we don't like, well, we don't like either of the last two ones. But the fact is, no can be a viable answer that God can give us. And to steal some of the writing, or the, the word out of Tim's question, it kind of leads us to this question of where are we putting our faith? Are we putting our faith in the fact that God loves me and will give me whatever I want? Can I draw that conclusion? Or are we putting our faith in the fact that God knows best and he's going to answer accordingly? And, and maybe you see the, the difference of where those, those lie. And, and it kind of leads to a follow-up question that I think Lynn had asked. Um, that if God knows everything, do we have to actually verbalize prayer? Is there anything to actually saying prayer out loud? And I think... That's one of those parts where prayer, or saying prayer, verbalizing prayer, as Lennon put it, does something good for us. Because it, it forces us, reminds us to be, to stay close in, in our relationship with God. And rather than it just being, you know, something that we, we think about and, you know, we do passively, but we're actively trying to do something that, that keeps us close and reminds us to stay close to the one who can fulfill all those desires and help us out. Okay, great. How about this one? We have a follow-up question from Brian. Why does it sometimes feel like our prayers don't go anywhere? <sighs> the glass ceiling question. Well, sometimes 
we can have a certain expectation of what an answered prayer is going to look like. You know, we, our vision of an answered prayer is a pineapple, and God answers prayer and ends up looking like a platypus. And yet God still will answer prayer. I mean, in 2 Kings 5, we see the story of, of Naaman, who was, I mean, he was this big shot guy, and he had an illness, I think it was leprosy, and wanted to be healed. And Elisha had been doing all these healings and everything like that, and he had this, this streak going, and Naaman's like, hey, I'm a big wig. Elisha, I mean, you heal me, and, and do it big. I mean, make a spectacle out of this thing. And what does God do? Go to the muddy river. Wash yourself when nobody's looking, and you'll be healed. And, and Naaman's, like, this isn't how it was supposed to go. He got the answer to prayer, but it was different than he had expected it to go. You know? I think you had even said, you had used the, the, the phrase that sometimes we're the start of the prayer chain. Yes. Right? Right. We had, out of, out of yeah. 1 Corinthians 3. How did that go? How does that go? It basically says that uh, someone will plant a seed, someone will water it, and then somebody will harvest it. So we may just be the beginning in our prayers, and then we let God bring somebody else into the picture. Yeah, sometimes our prayer gets answered down the line. Down the line, yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes even God wants us to keep on praying as we're talking about the kids, you know? Yeah, that you told the kids in Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Be persistent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the uh, passage that we're looking at today, it doesn't say just say, ask and it will be given. It says, ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Be persistent. Like the, the woman and the judge, she kept on going after the judge and eventually the judge, I mean, he didn't fear God or anything like that and you know, don't follow after the judge, but she kept going. And God says sometimes keep going. And and he wants us to keep keep persistent in our faith, keep going after that faith. And 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 after that answer. And she got her answer. And she got because her answer. Because she was persistent. Amen. Or about the other there's another one where the guy um, needed local bread. He had visitors come in the middle of the night, needed bread. And he she kept knocking on the door and finally the neighbor gave the bread. Yeah. So it kind of all ties into being persistent. Keep knocking. Brian, is it possible sin gets in the way getting our prayers answered? <laughs> yeah, we want to face this one. Well, the psalmist says in, in Psalm 6, uh, 66, 18, that if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. And, um, you know, I, I believe that the first pers- the first prayer that God answers is, is the prayer of a sinner calling for salvation. Because that's the one that sort of take, it sort of rips down that veil and, and gets the whole roadblock of sin out of the way. But even as believers, even after that has been has been covered and we've been forgiven, you know, sin can still put a strain on our on our relationship with God. You know, it's kind of like if a couple is having an argument. And I know as husbands, you know, we know nothing about, nothing so, about that. So this is going to be totally theoretical and, and hypothetical. Very, very hypothetical. But let's just say. For hypothetical purposes, you and Jackie are having a, a spat. Well, like we did this week. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Jackie, she thinks she's the queen of everything, and oh my gosh, and, and she, you know, one night does the dishes for you and gives you a kiss goodnight. And you're like, oh, she's just trying to bribe me to go take out the garbage or something like that. And you totally miss this blessing of, of a good thing that she's giving you because there's that, you know, your relationship is like out of sync. And the same kind of thing can happen with our prayers and with the believer and, and with God, where God may answer a prayer, but because of sin in our life, we, we miss seeing what that looks like. And it, it's like God answered it, but you totally weren't aware of it and paying attention. 
or sin ends up in that way, making it seem, or getting in the way of a fruitful prayer life. How about this one from Chris? What's a proper motivation to pray? Are we looking for blessings, bargains, or seeking catharsis? We kind of cleaned up how that one got yes. worded, but... <laughs> yeah, that was a dab. <laughs> <laughs> Hop on Facebook, you got know how it really came out, but it's cool. Well, R.C. Sproul is a, a theologian. He says that prayer is for God's glory and our benefit. In that order. If I can try and put an answer to that in one phrase or one idea on it. Take as our motivation that we pray for our will to be lined up with God's. Because you know, Jesus says that in John 6, 38, that I came to do the will of the Father who sent me. And, and so Jesus, you know, the Son of God is saying, I'm going to do the Father's will rather than mine. And, and he even you know, begs the Father, hey, if there's any other way except the cross for me to accomplish salvation for, for your people, let, you know, let's do it. But he says, you know, not my will, but yours be done. And so if we're praying, praying people, it kind of stands to reason that by extension that, you know, we look at God's will and think, okay, it's good. It is, it's a, a good thing. It is a, a pleasing thing, as Paul says in Romans. Um, we may not understand it. We may not get exactly how it all works out, but we kind of have some trust in that. And so if we're praying for our will to be lined up with God's will, then that really checks all our motivations. Because, you know, even the good things that Jesus promises in this passage from today comes in the context of God's will. Good things in the context of that will, rather than just good things like whatever it is that you want, as you know, a celestial bending machine kind of God would be. There's, there's always that connection to how it fits into God's will. And that ends up lining everything else up. Making everything else work out. <laughs> Make it work out. But again, it's getting our minds wrapped around what God's will is for us or for the situation that we're in or praying for. So we're not really bargaining with God. We're asking him, aren't we? Right. What's your will in this situation? Then we have to sit back and wait and listen, wait and wait sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> prayer is not talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes it's not. Our next question as um, a follow-up to this. How do we keep prayers uh, from being just a grocery list of wants and desires? Ah, well, a couple of ways we can do this. Um, one, as we had talked about, if you were here at the, the start of our of our series when we were talking about scripture, is just praying scripture. You know, mm-hmm. take a passage. It's kind of the summation of that. Take a passage, whatever you're reading, paraphrase it, make it your own, and then offer that back as a prayer. If you stick just in the Book of Psalms, you could have a prayer material for the rest of your life. But you also look at the Lord's Prayer that so many of us, so many people have been around church for a while at least have a version of it memorized. And we often will go by it, we'll memorize and think these are the words you're supposed to say. But really, it was a model that Jesus had offered to us when they said, teach us how to pray. And you look at the different phrases and the different ideas that are in there. You've got, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's really worship. That's praying worship. Um, you know, let your name be lifted up. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Those kind of the things we were talking about before. Forgive us our debts. That's praying um, confession. That's praying forgiveness. Um, and all these kinds of things, you know, it's not that every prayer we have has all these different elements in it, although it can. But it just gives us a bigger breadth of material that we can pray about or pray for or use prayer to do. 
um, rather than it just always being about, here's what I need, here's what I want, God, you're up, answer away, you know? Absolutely. Um, while we were discussing this this week and planning how we were going to do the service, he remembered that Candy, as she comes forward, had a, 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 found something on the internet that talks to the Lord's Prayer. So she's going to share that with us. We're going to let her have the floor for that. I think she was even the one who asked this question, so <laughs> it's fitting that she's going to be able to try and answer it herself. I'm thankful to be able to talk to you about this. In the Lord's Prayer, it is powerful. It does encompass things that we should be addressing with the Lord. And when we do it as a congregation, it's a beautiful chorus of many voices of believers praying the same prayer in unity. That in itself is powerful. What I'm going to refer to is um, in your personal prayer life. For me, focusing can be a challenge. It can be like chasing a butterfly. Uh, so to try to focus for me uh, at a luncheon, at a luncheon, excuse me, a Lenten luncheon years ago in Ohio, there was a, a minister who presented an approach to doing the Lord's Prayer, um, not making it rote, but something that you need to think about while you are doing it. And so it involves uh, motions, but it's not sign language. It's a combination of symbols and um, reaching out to God, having conversation with Him. I'm going to do this. I don't find prayer to be a demonstration port, uh, sport. So I will be praying. You're welcome to join me silently because the tempo of when I pray will be a bit different. And um, But I also invite you to please keep your eyes open so that you can see the motions that go with this. And think about why is that motion with that part of the prayer? Some of this has evolved for me over the years. I do not do this every day because, again, I don't want it to be wrote. But it's an enrichment in my prayer life. And my prayer for you is for us all to have a really rich prayer life. So um, I'm going to tell you about the first symbol. And basically it's involving a child of God reaching for her father to be lifted up. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Um, in praying about doing this, one of the things that uh, I kept thinking about was going to an ice cream store and seeing all the people having good ice cream, enjoying themselves, all the different flavors, somebody not paying or, or taking a cone of ice cream and walking out. If you don't take the ice cream, you don't get to taste it. We hear about lots of different ways to approach things, and we have a lot of really good information, <laughs> but until we ask the Lord and try to implement it in our own lives, we miss the ice cream. And I'm glad to hear many different ways to approach prayer, 
And um, I want a big bowl of ice cream. <laughs> Thank you, Tammy. Just physical, how you use space can make a big difference in, in your prayer life. I mean, take any kind of prayer, if you're physically capable of doing this, and spend five minutes praying with your head bowed, five minutes standing up, and five minutes on your face. And see if that doesn't do wonders for changing your prayer life. That was a good demonstration. Thank you. Okay, our next question comes to us from Andy. And he wants to know, how do you pray for somebody with a terminal illness? Do we pray for a miracle or, we, or for passing? Well, there's the rubber hits the road kind of question. Um, I'm going to take this kind of in two ways here. Um, because when we're dealing with something like this, praying for somebody who has told your terminal, this is not going to end well, um, it's often in the context of a loved one. We want healing. We want the miracle. We, we want them to stay with us. And that's a, I mean, that's a totally legit human desire. Um, and can God heal through a miracle even today? Absolutely. You know, I'm sure there's many a story even within this community of people who have baffled doctors and then people with PhDs are going, I have no idea what happened and, you know, what we do. But I think the thing to remember when it comes to, to terminal and, and stuff like that is that for Christians, physical death is not the end. There's something beyond that. And so um, sometimes God can heal through physical death. Because while we, while life continues, even in, in a different way, in a different form, you know, whatever kind of language you want to put to that, illness is done. Cancer is canceled. The expiration date has happened on whatever it is that is causing pain and ill health. That stuff ends. And so God can use physical death to rid us of that kind of stuff. And then, in heaven, all that sort of stuff is gone, and, and healing has happened. And I know it's certainly one of those ways that prayer can be answered in a way we don't expect, and maybe even a way we don't want. Just pastorally speaking, sometimes one of the biggest gifts we can give a person is permission to pass away. And again, that may not be the, the kind of thing we want to be able to give somebody, but truly, I mean, sometimes people are hanging on because they're like, I can't let go. You know, For the people that are around, that are going to survive me, I can't let go. And when we give them permission, they have the peace to pass away without pain, without suffering, and, and have that peace. And it's tough, and it stinks to, be, to do it. But there is, it is a gift that we give to people. And you, you were telling me about a story of yeah. somebody you got to do this with. Back in my old church in Savannah, we had a lady that was a, um, a shut-in. She lived at home about a mile from church, and every Sunday after services, Jackie and I would go and visit with her. Uh, one day, um, a few months ago, she uh, went down cellar, and she's a very frail, thin, very skin, sh skinny, short lady, and she should have never gone down cellar. She, she went downstairs. On her way up, she fell backwards, laid on the, on the floor for who knows how many hours until the, uh, our friend showed up to take care of her. Couldn't find her. Saw the door open to the basement, and there she was. Uh, consequently, she ended up in uh, the hospital, then a nursing uh, facility in um, Seneca Falls. Very nice place. And she was a spitfire. 
She could, she joked, laughed. She was 97, I think, right, when she passed. Um, she was just a spitfire. And every week, Jackie and I would go in, usually on a Friday or a Thursday, and we would sit and talk with her. And long story short, she started to fade every week. She didn't want to be here. She knew the Lord. Heck, she was a Christian ever since she was a kid, so she was 97. And she says, why am I here? What? Why is this going on? I, I don't understand it. And I says, well, we told her because we get to see you every week. And that's a joy for us. And she'd laugh at that and she would tell us stories about her life. But then the story started to fade and, and went away. So one Friday when we were there, she was totally out of it. The girl said she hasn't been awake uh, in a day or two. And so Jackie and I prayed with her out loud uh, in her room and prayed, Edna, it's time to go home. You have a son and a husband waiting for you. Let go. You're not living the life you want. The next afternoon she was dead. Went in her sleep and it was a blessing. It's nothing you want to do. You said that. But what's the sense? Why go on? And God took her. It's such a blessing. And if you ever want to hear stories like, oh boy, she's got, she had a ton of them that just <laughs> blessed us. Rick wants to know, why does it seem so difficult in our culture to pray? And how can we change that in our lives? Uh, we'll try and bring this, bring this up a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of us live or come out of this suck it up buttercup kind of culture or or even family life, you know, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. You are the master of your destiny and all this kind of rah-rah stuff that prayer reminds us that we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the strength to be able to do everything all by ourselves. God forbid we're not the center of the universe. You know, Galileo, believe it or not, was was under house arrest for his life for the heresy of saying we are, you know, the sun does not revolve around us. We are not the center of the universe. God forbid and admitting that can be tough. Admitting that we don't know it all is tough. That we can't do it all is tough. And Casting Crowns, I was listening to the song that they wrote. There comes a point sometimes in our prayer life where it's, stop trying to hold on. Stop trying to hang on to me and just be held by me. And that's tough. That's, that's hard to do. But one of the things that can really help us kind of get past that is realizing that prayer is an evidence of God's grace. You know, Paul says in, in 1 Timothy 2, he says that he, God sent his son, Jesus, as the one mediator, the one person who could sort of break down all those walls and, and tear down all those veils that separate us from God so that we could have direct access to God through prayer. And the writer of Hebrews kind of runs with this idea. This is because God did that, because Jesus did that, we can come boldly. We can come with confidence and know that when we come to God with our needs, he's going to meet us in our with his grace and with his mercy. So it all really comes down to this. I mean, what is stopping you? What is, what's the prayer that you've been hesitant to pray? For whatever reason, because you don't think God will answer it or because you don't know if it's worth praying or whatnot. So take the writer of Hebrews at his word. Because he's talking about what Jesus did. Pray that prayer. Come boldly. Go boldly. Pray for the healing for that ailment. Pray for the salvation of that loved one. Pray for the freedom from that sin. Because God has a perfect will that is ready and waiting to answer. So go before him. 
And remember this truth that we started off with, that we've been trying to hit on a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, that nothing can prevent us from praying to God with power. Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. Well, I promised that I would share Richard's life-giving story. So here it is, as he shared it during worship. Tuesday, I had a dentist appointment in Webster. On my way home, and off on Curtis Road, is a former member. Uh, her name is Joyce. Her husband's name is Bob. Joyce um, came on my mind when I saw Furnace Road. I had my Bluetooth on, so I gave her a call. So I said... How's Bob doing? She says, not good. I just don't know what to do. It's so hard to see him in this condition. And I mentioned to her, is he going to get better or worse? She says, well, Bob has to be on insulin now. She says, I really you know, don't know what to do and how to deal with this. So I says, obviously, she's prayed for him and prayed for the situation. I says, you know, Sometimes when we see a loved one going through what you're seeing him go through, you have to make a decision. What do you pray for? She says, I know, I'm struggling with that. I said, what about you just pray God's will for Bob's life and your life? And I says, why don't you think about praying that God takes him? He's not living the life that you remember. She says, you know, I've thought about that, and I really feel good that you shared that with me. I can't believe this is just perfect what I needed to hear at this moment right now, because I don't know if he's going to make it, and I don't want to see him like this. But the long story short was, I had an opportunity to pray, uh, praise God and to share what we talked about last Sunday. By Tuesday, I already got to use what God had given me. It never ceases to amaze me the crazy ways that God can show up. If you'd like more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org, or if you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning. On next week's episode, we're going to jump into a mini-series we did surrounding the Hallmark Super Bowl holiday we call Valentine's Day. If you've been in a friendship or relationship with somebody for any length of time, you know that conflict can find its way into that relationship. When it comes to conflict, how do we fight right? Well, this is Pastor Brian inviting you to join us as we explore the answer next time on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.